You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to episode 62 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me today are Vicki Stokes. Hello. And Suze Gilbert. Top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you. Um, <laughs> guess what? It is today is March 28th, and it's snowing. Oh, come on. It's not really sticking. We have a little bit of a covering, and then when I look outside, I can see it's not in the driveway any longer. It's already melted, but still, it's 28 degrees, and it's snowing. Ten reasons why I'm glad I don't live in New England anymore. Wow. Yeah, that's definitely It's going to be 80 degrees today. I was in Florida a couple of weeks ago, and the first thing I did when I got to my aunt's house, who I hadn't seen in, I can't tell you how many years, it's like, hi, auntie, and I ran into the bathroom and put on my shorts. (laughs) It was just... Wow. And it was just so nice having air conditioning in the car. It's going to be 80 in Dallas today, too. So winter is over, spring has sprung, thank goodness. Yeah, not here, not here. I think we're due, well, allegedly we're going to hit 58 on Thursday. I'll believe that when I see it. But it's it's snowing. So, since the last time we spoke, Apple gave us more information about the Apple Watch. Now, are either of you ladies thinking about buying one? No. Uh, No, Vicki? Absolutely not. No. No, no. How come? Why are you absolutely not? I have no need to buy something that's so small that I can barely see it. I don't think I would want to use it as a phone. Um, The iPhone does the same thing. I don't see what purpose it serves. Um, If I didn't have an iPhone, even then, I don't think I would buy that watch. I don't. It doesn't. I can't see how I would ever use it or want to use it. Hmm. What about you, Suze? I think Apple is a little late to the game on this. And I, I, I'm really concerned about a couple of things with the Apple Watch. Number one, I think it's a little, like I said, late. Two, the vision of the company to have a, I think the high-end watch is what, is it $17,000? Yeah, something or, like that. I, I no. Yeah. That was not, I just can't imagine Steve Jobs doing that. And I'm not slamming Tim Cook, but I'm just shocked that if Steve actually gave any indication prior to his death that that's what he wanted, because pretty much Apple has been, they've never been inexpensive, but they certainly haven't been a luxury brand. Now, if you're talking about a 17th, why would you buy an Apple Watch as opposed to a Rolex or something else? You know, personally, I, I would rather have a Rolex. I will not be buying one, even for the three hundred and forty-nine. Yeah. I think that's very pricey. Okay. Um, a fine, you know, a fine timepiece. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, the thing is, is that the problem is, is if you buy an Apple Watch, and you know, when you buy, say, for instance, like a Rolex, or you buy a Citizen, you know, for four hundred dollars or whatever, a timepiece, a watch, that is something that if you invest in that particular. Uh, watch a luxury watch then you pass that down you give it to your kids or whatever you can't mm-hmm. do that with an apple watch because it's you've got a you've got some type of ios in there it's going to be dated everything is becomes obsolete in three or four years so then it just becomes a really expensive what 
I I have the Nano Watch. I I think I told you this that when the first generation iPod, they had a battery issue with it, so you could send it in, and they would replace it for you. And I had purchased one for my husband, so then I took it over to send it in, and they sent me a seventh generation Nano, and it was really cool because it had watch faces on it. And I ended up buying a strap on Amazon, and I wear that Nano as a watch. Yeah, it doesn't have Bluetooth, but I can hook up my headphones when I'm on a plane or something, listen to my music, and it it does the time, which is great. But that's all I need. I don't I don't need a three hundred forty nine dollar one. And besides, I don't use a watch anymore. Yeah. I use my phone. Yeah. If I need to know what time it is, I look at my yeah. phone. I don't use a watch. And either. I. I really am, I just, I just am disappointed in Apple because if they were going to come out with something like this, they should have done it a few years ago. And secondly, I think trying, what is their vision for the company? Does this mean now that when they start, you know, are they going to raise the price? Are they going to have like luxury phones? They're going to have luxury <laughs> version iPads. I just think it's a little silly. I, I'm really, um, I, I just kind of, that was a shake my head issue, uh, you know, announcement when they when they came out with that so no i won't be purchasing one i do want to upgrade my phone it's not it's not like they need the revenue they're like oh wow we gotta make a lot of money no they they break the record no No company in the history of this world has made so much in one quarter you know and i'm like this what are they doing they're just gonna they're gonna make their brand i I don't know i'm sort of like so disappointed i'm gonna think several times before i buy another iphone I want to look at what the other people are doing because I think Apple is just tripping over on their own ego. You know, I don't get them. Well, I think they're trying to, they're trying to be, you know, they are, you know, they're trying to be the cool company, the trendy company, but I really think this whole luxury issue, I think that's, they're losing sight of, um, I have what some market are they trying uh, to get? You know, I will, I'll be surprised if they, they sell that many of these watches, maybe the lower end ones. Well, I, the was, the, the, I think the Waz, I was reading on Gizmodo or somewhere, um, maybe it was Cult of Mac, about, you know, the Waz is kind of disappointed, too. He will buy the $349 one because that's the Waz. That's what he does. But I think he feels, too, that, you know, they're kind of losing their way. What, you know, if you think about it, the iPad 2, yes, was thin. It's fast. It's, it's a wonderful um, iPad. I love it. But really, as far as innovation, besides the watch, you know, um, I don't see anything really truly innovative. I mean, the iPhone 6 was, I mean, Samsung had already had a big phone for quite a while. Um, I'd love to see them do something with the 7. You know, they have been lagging, I think, behind as far as camera. And now the rumor has it that the next iPhone should have a really spectacular camera. And I would like to see that. I would like to see them really beef up the specs on on the phone. You know, as far as the camera is concerned, the video recording, the sound quality, that's what I would like to see. But in answer to your, a very long answer to your question, Lisa, I won't be buying the uh, the Apple Watch. I doubt it very much. That was my opinion until I uh, I watched the presentation. Because I'm looking at it from an angle of exercise. I have a Fitbit that I wear on my on the uh, on my pants, and it just kind of annoys me. It kind of digs into my skin a little bit, and I thought this might be interesting to keep an accurate count with my steps because I know you can do that with your phone, but I don't carry my phone in my pocket. When I'm home, it's sitting on a table next to me. So if I get up and I walk, it's not counting my steps. 
So I thought this might be good to wear around my wrist to keep an accurate count of steps. Whether I'm going to buy it is another story, but I'm more intrigued with that. I also like the idea. I saw a list of the apps. There's a really long list of apps that have already been uh, created for the the, iWatch, uh, the Apple Watch. Some of them I think are ridiculous. Like I'm not going to use Evernote on my watch. But for something like no. checking the weather, checking the scores for MLB, baseball season starts in a week and a half. So just to be able to look at my wrist to say, oh, look, you know, the Red Sox are killing the Yankees. Something like that I think is kind of nice. Do I absolutely need it? Of course not. Will I buy it? I, I don't know. I might wait till second gen. Yeah, well, see, that's just it. You know, the, it's the uh, period of, you know, it becomes obsolete. You know, you have to keep upgrading to a $350 watch every three or four years. I, no, I don't want to get into that. I, I upgrade my phone and I upgrade my iPad. And to me, I'm happy with that. I'm, those are the two things that are always with me. And I always have my phone with me. Very rarely do I leave it on a table. I mean, I usually have it in a pocket. Not my back pocket anymore. But I do, um, I usually have it with me. I, I definitely do want to stop at the Apple store at one point and look at it. At least give it a look, see what it looks like, see what it feels like. And see what people think of after after uh, it, it gets released at the end of April. Be interesting to hear the reviews mm. if people think it's worth it. But I have noticed that my iPad is starting to give me a little bit of trouble. So if I have to choose between a new fo- a new iPad and a watch, the iPad wins, no question. No question. Oh yeah. The iPad has replaced a laptop for me. Seriously, I do everything on the iPad. And the iPad Air 2, I'm very pleased with. I really am. I, I got the 128 gig, and um, I love the fact that it's very responsive. You know, I haven't had any problems with apps on it. I, I like it very much. Okay, so this week we wanted to talk about Podcaster's Choice. These are apps or websites that the three of us use all the time, pretty much in our daily lives. And Suzanne, you've got a lot of... Um, Photography apps. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I was just going to say, so you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I have, um, yeah, you know, I the app store, there's just so many apps. And unfortunately, Apple has set up the store now, and I really don't like it. It used to be, in the old days of the app store, you could scroll through like the photo and video apps, and all the brand new apps would you could just scroll through and all the new apps would appear, you know, so if the app got released, you know, you could check it out. And, uh, I love that. Now you don't, they just, they basically give you, you know, what, like the top 20 apps and so many apps. Now you have to go to, um, you can go, you have to go to sites like app shopper or app whisper. And, you know, because, iPhonography is no longer, um, you know, Glenn Evans kind of gave that up uh, because there were no innovative, he felt, apps coming out to really review. And I agree with that. You know, there's just a lot of filter apps and some of the ones I have actually are, are filter apps, but they're pretty good. I think out of out of all of them, they're, they're pretty good. But the one that I really like, you know, I'm always looking for a way to um, try to make photos more painterly. And this app that came out by Ten Rocket, who also put out Pops Color and Percolator, two of fun apps, uh, they came out with Waterlog. 
And this basically is the most realistic watercolor app in the app store, I think, for changing your photographs to uh, watercolors. It is $2.99. You can use it on the iPad. You can also use it on the iPod Touch and the iPhone, of course. And you basically, you can either take a photo from the app or you can load a photo. And then basically, they have different styles. You can pick out, you know, a style that you want. Uh, they have, you know, travel log. It's great. It's just, it's just great to you know, different filters. Uh, they have a technical one, a natural, and it converts your photo into a watercolor and they print out beautifully. I might add, they really do a nice job printing out. There's not a lot of controls outside of the different styles you can use. There's basically uh, a file size that goes from small to giant. And then there's a light, lighter, darker and a border option. And then you just save it. And then you can, you know, like I said, you can print it out or, you know, post it to social media. It got a lot of press and it still gets a lot of great reviews. It's, it doesn't do so well with portraits. It, it really doesn't. But as far as landscapes, still life, things like that, it does a beautiful job. And it's worth, it's really worth having in your arsenal. If you want to impress somebody, it's great to make like a card, you know, if you wanted to do like a birthday card or a Christmas card or whatever is just to convert, you know, one of your really nice photographs into a watercolor or print it out. I bought that a few months ago. It's a fun app. Yeah, I like it. I think it does a really great job. All right. So a number of years ago, I got interested in genealogy. I have no idea why. I don't know what sparked that little bug in me, but I started getting into genealogy and I did a little bit of research. I joined Ancestry.com. And then for whatever reason, I stopped. I don't know, maybe it was time or the money, because it can be a very expensive hobby. And then I got in touch with one of my mother's cousins who was very heavily into it. And he gave me the family tree that he had just taken a bunch of pieces of paper and taped them together. And he had the family tree for me. And I, then I got back into it again and started adding some more information. And then I stopped again. And then this past fall, I think it was, I got back into it again, big time, to the point where I'm driving my parents crazy. Because I'm constantly going to them saying, have you heard of this person? Is this person your relative? Who's this, you know, who's this picture? <laughs> Identify this picture. And what I'm doing is I'm on Ancestry.com, which for me, I think Ancestry.com, if you're interested in genealogy, is the premier site to go to. I've gone to a couple of other sites, I've done trial versions, uh, you know, you, you join for five bucks a month or something like that just to give it a try. There's no comparison. If you're interested in genealogy, go to Ancestry.com. There's, there's just no other comparison. It has a lot of information. They have, there is some free information. There's other things like the Social Security Death Index is free. Some of the immigration information is free. The census I believe you have to pay for. So that's not a, a, a free benefit if you go onto Ancestry. But you can upload your tree for free. So if you have a place that you can start it. I'm not really one that is like really, really uh, follows the rules and has all the sources, you know, specifically. What I do is um, I bought a program called Mac Family Tree 7. It's $49.99 in the Mac store. Mac App Store. I bought it over the winter. It was on sale for $25. I think that's what I paid for it. So they have sales every now and then. 
but I use that, and you can export your tree from there and then load it into Ancestry. And I've just been, it's, the thing with, with genealogy is that it's a black hole. You start looking up information, say, on your grandfather. The next thing you know, you're looking at a cousin three times removed because one thing leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another. And it's, I just find it fascinating. And the funny thing is, I'll go to my mother and say, ask her a question. She could care less. I'll say, look, I found your aunt. And she, she could care less. Where my father, I'll try to verify information with him. And he finds it, he finds it interesting. But the other funny thing about them is they have no memory of any of their family. So when I go to mm. them and say, you have, like, my grandparents on my mother's side were both one of eight. My grandfather on my father's side is one of 11. And which meant my parents had a lot of aunts and uncles and cousins. So when I asked them questions, hey, do you remember, you know, this person, this person allegedly is your cousin, first cousin. Nope, don't remember him. How do you not remember him? He's your cousin. And you lived in the same neighborhood. You know, it's not like you live, you know, one of you lived in New York and one of you lived in California. You lived in the same neighborhood or at least, you know, within 10 miles of each other. They don't remember. But I'm, I'm loving it. I am, I am just loving, loving doing the genealogy. So Mac Family Tree 7 is what I'm using. Uh, it's a great place to, to store all the information. It has different um, different charts it can make. So if you want to print something out about one branch of your family, um, like say, Vicki, you just said maybe your great-grandfather. So you wanted to print something out just based on the lineage of your great-grandfather, not his brothers and sisters and all the cousins, just him and his wife and his children and their children, et cetera. You can do that. Um, the, pro- the only problem that I've run into so far with this application is when I wanted to print out a PDF of a lot of people, it, it's hard to kind of explain it. It will, if you read it on the computer within the app, it reads just fine. But when you read it in a PDF, it kind of cuts people off. So I'm not really sure what's going on with that, if it's something that I'm doing or if it's a bug in the program. But if you really want to go down a black hole, start looking into your history. I find it fascinating. I don't know about you guys, but I just find it fascinating. Oh, I do. I find it frustrating because I can't find any information. Both of my parents have passed away. My mom was the only one that really knew a lot about both sides of the family. Because my, my parents lived, well, my dad lived on the street behind my mom. So <laughs> they, they grew up together. And um, they had the same friends, same, you know. And um, she knew a lot. Um, and I just never thought to ask. My grandmom lived with us, uh, and she would tell us stories. But even her memory was very, you know, fuzzy because you don't. You, they went on with their lives, and some of these people passed away, and they didn't have any reaction with people because they moved away, and they, they, you, you forget. And I remember same with me. I don't remember half the people from my high school. Uh, the names may sound faintly familiar, but I don't even remember their faces. You know, and these are kids that I saw every day when I was a kid. You know, so. It's easy to mm. forget. Well, what's cool about doing the geology is that I've gotten together with some 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 cousins uh, on Facebook mm-hmm. on the, on my mother's mm-hmm. side of the family. Uh, most uh, one one on her father's side and a couple on her mother's side. That I'm like, hey, you know, I'm Elisa, and we're related 
this way, you know, your mom and my mom were cousins and blah, blah, blah. And it's been great because now I've got not just a new Facebook friend, but someone that I can talk to as far as, uh, you know, do you have any pictures? And when I was in Florida a couple of weeks ago visiting my aunt, it turns out that someone that I've been in contact with wasn't too far from my aunt. So I emailed her and said, let's get together for lunch. And it was great. We got to spend about two hours together, her and her mom, and then my aunt and I, and her mom is my mother's first cousin. So I was able to, call, you know, send to my mother, hey, I just saw, you know, so-and-so and, you know, she looks great. And, you know, I heard this, this, and this about the family. And and my mother was, okay. You know, where I'm like, this is so cool. You know? I, uh, my P- Polish great-grandmother came over. Um, I did some little research years ago and I found the Ellis Island records where she was, um, you know, they quarantined them basically at Ellis Island when they came in on the ship. But she, she was Polish, but at that time, um, it was part of Austria. So her departure was not from Poland. It was from Austria, which I thought was really interesting. I think it was, uh, Galicia. And she is basically just stated her age, but she was 16, how much she had in her pocket, which was how much money she had on, which wasn't, um, very much. And her sponsor, because when they came over from, you know, Europe, they had to have a sponsor, uh, either a family member or a friend or somebody that would, you know, take them in, which I thought was interesting. So for me, uh, you know, a lot of places, you know, are dead ends, you know, once they, I don't know anything about the life in Poland that she had. Uh, I do have some Polish letters that my grandmother saved, but unfortunately I don't read Polish. I wish they were in French. I would be able to do it. But I still would like, that's on my list to visit is Poland. She came from, which would be like Krakow, you know, around the Krakow area. So I think genealogy is fascinating. I, I really do. Yeah, I do too. I, I wish I knew more about my family. It yeah. would be fun. <laughs> In fact, I got to tell you, I also joined newspapers.com where you can search different old newspapers to um i gotta see if i can find this here and that would be a way to do it well not everything is there wow let me see. I'm, uh, but yeah yeah but but up to, um in, in most of the research if you can just make the connection to get the name right and then you can figure out when they were born and then you can get uh, yeah that's because i'm thinking about lots of stuff is in, in family bibles and stuff like that but, you know and you i don't have access to well my father's bibles. my father's <laughs> father's family grew up in mm-hmm. Allentown, Pennsylvania. And there's a lot of articles about them in the Allentown newspapers. And it was just, I just found like some really cool stuff. Like my my father's uncle created the first temple in Allentown. And his sister, who was my father's aunt, had the first wedding ceremony there. And I had the newspaper clipping to prove it which I thought wow. was really cool. But this one I found the other day, this one cracked me up. This is April 26, 1937. And it's a newspaper from Hanover, Pennsylvania. I just have the screenshot here. And it says, Mrs. J.D. Katz, who has been ill for the past nine weeks, was able to come downstairs on Thursday. She wow. had as visitors the following, and then has a list of people who came to visit her. And one of them was a distant relative. But I just thought, 
That made the newspaper that somebody was sick. Yeah, somebody was sick and came downstairs. Wow, that would make me want to come downstairs. I'm like, really? (laughs) What what are the newspaper clippings from around 19? I think it was about 1915. Was a clipping that my great grandmother and two of her daughters were going to New York City for the weekend. I'm like, and <laughs> now they people say, well, you better lock up the house because everybody's going to be in there to steal your stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's but but that's how you get a lot of the verification. If you're saying, I like uh, one of those, my grandfather came home from college for a visit, and it made the newspaper. Well, it said where he went to college. So if I saw that somewhere. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if this is the right person. You know, he's going to XYZ University. I wonder if that's really where he went. Then you see in the newspaper that he's coming home, visiting from XYZ. You can say, okay, that's him. That's verification. Yeah. I was just thinking about just birth records. That is really interesting. Wow. Yeah. So the, and you, did they have their address and everything on there too? Some of them do. Some of these wow. little, some of these, of some of these little articles did. Or it would hmm. say that, you know, this person and this person got married, and then it had a list of guests, mm-hmm. and then it said, this person gave $5 as a wedding gift. This person gave $10 as a wedding gift. This person gave a candlestick. I'm like, you're putting the, the gifts? They listed the <laughs> gifts that the bride and groom received. Wow. Or this person had wow. a party. Those people in attendance were, and it listed everyone in attendance because I have a ton of little articles about my father's side of the family from the 19 teens going to parties or being in a school play, graduating high school, being wow. drafted into the military. I thought it's like a, it's like a family, um, you know, you had a news, family newsletters. Yeah. It's like one of those, but it's just yeah. some of the things about, you know, Mrs. Katz coming downstairs because she was ill <laughs> and now was yeah, able. And I just town. thought, wow. <laughs> It's like a small town newspaper, right? Um, it's from Hanover, Pennsylvania from 1937. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, just the things that it would list, it, it, it cracked me up. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. This made the news? <laughs> yeah. But I said, I got to save this. I just thought it was so mm-hmm. funny. But like I said, if you're into genealogy, go to, go to Ancestry.com. As long as you've got time. Don't don't <laughs> expect it because there have been times that I've gone on and I've said, okay, I just want to spend about 15 mm. minutes getting information on this one person. Two hours later, I'm still looking around going, okay, you got to, you got walk away, walk away. You got to get, walk away from the computer. It's so like, it's so like Pinterest. I stay away from a very long time and then I get <laughs> yeah. on there and I'm on there for right. hours. <laughs> right. Because like I said, when you're looking yeah. something up on Ancestry, one thing leads to another leads to another. And one of the things it has is, let's say you, let's say Vicki, you find something on your grandmother and you type it in. You say, oh, look at that. I found a birth record for her. So you put that in. And then it says, hey, look, here's some hints. And what it does is it gives you some hints on what it thinks might be a match for that particular ancestor. So you click on them and you're looking at them and they're going, hmm, is this her or not? So then you start doing a little research. And if it is her, you're adding it to her, you know, her little part of the tree. And if it's not her, then you're saying, well, gee, I wonder if she really is a family member, just happens to have the same name. And the next thing you know, you know, you're down that rabbit hole. <laughs> so that's fun. 
So, Vicky, what, what do you yep. what do Me? you like? I'm really, really into Dropbox now because I got all these stupid devices all over the place and documents. And, you know, I'm job hunting and everything. So, I I'll be on my my phone and oh, I need to send that resume over. And so, I'm really into Dropbox um, and syncing it and backing it up and all kinds of stuff because you know it's everywhere. Um, so I'm um, using it on my Mac to sync it to my Drobo uh, to back it up. Um, I'm using it on my iPhone uh, so that, it, like I said, send, sending pictures to people. Uh, I, I decided to put all my pictures on Drop, Dropbox um, because I've had issues with my uh, computer um, not syncing with my iPhone. And I lose pictures because I think, oh, well, I don't have to worry about backing up that iPhone anymore because I got the pictures synced and they weren't synced. And fortunately, I had dumped some of them from my iPhone onto Dropbox. So, um, and you know, I don't know what's going on. I'm using iCloud and I don't know why my phone, uh, my phone and my Mac are not syncing. Maybe you've used up all your data on your iCloud? No, I got tons of it. I got maybe like 30 gigabytes. Hmm. So what size size Dropbox did you get? Um, my job, oops, I don't really know. Because you must be paying for storage um, at this point. Well, yeah, I am, I am paying for storage. I'm paying for it. But my photos are not 30 gigabytes. I, I got maybe um, uh, uh, half a gig. Um, not, not that many. Um, so, uh, but it's just a syncing thing. And then sometimes the photos are just snapshots of oh, I've had my dog or my nephew or niece or something like that. Uh, and then, and I, it's not really important. Um, but the fact that I'm losing photos, I, I saw one that I posted on Facebook. I said, oh, that's a nice picture. Let me see where it is. And it was nowhere, anywhere <laughs> on any of my devices. So I became very paranoid with that. And so I'm using Dropbox on every one of my devices and wearing it, wearing it out. To be mm-hmm. Everyone should have Dropbox. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and um, backing it up is very, very important. Uh, I'm backing up... Uh, my um into my drobo and i'm backing up each device to my drobo just in case any one of them becomes contaminated or anything but i'm sure you guys use it um but um yeah i just i broke down and decided to pay, decided to pay for some of it too you know, so. well i can't live without dropbox but to be i pay for i pay for apple uh, cloud space i think uh, i i'm kicking in four bucks a month for the 200 gig mm-hmm and I, I got plenty left. It may, the problem is, is about the Apple cloud space. This is what I don't like about it. I would like to be able, like Dropbox, to be able to go into Apple cloud and, and just see my photos. Because on the phone, I have it optimized. On my iPad, because I have more space in my iPad, I have them just the, the originals. So when you do the optimized version on your iPhone, Mm -hmm. it saves the originals to the cloud, but it just takes less space on your phone. So what I don't like is that when you make an album uh, on your iPhone and you want to, you know, put photos in there, if you delete it off your phone, it gets deleted off the album too. That irritates me. I just want to get it deleted off my phone, but I don't want to delete it off my album. I want to keep my album. I just want to be able to get rid of some of my photos. I found that very counter, uh, you know, productive. I wish Apple would change that. Where, well, you, you know, if you do, for a while. but my point is, is if you want to have an album with your photos, like say for instance, 
I want to have an album of French pictures, you know, or, or my dog. But yet I want to take them off my phone because I know I have them in my album if I want them. It doesn't do that. If it, you take it off your phone, you take it off your album. I, I, don't, I just hate that. I really do. It, you take it off all your devices. So it, that's a little Maybe irritating. So you, mine. I didn't thought about that. No, it's just irritating. It's, it's, uh, to me, they should fix that. Yeah, I, you know, I, I know I've deleted pictures thinking, oh, I got it somewhere else. And I hadn't thought about it. That's, I'm not losing pictures. I'm actually deleting them. <laughs> yeah, because the thing is, is if you want to delete a photo from your phone, because say, for instance, now my phone has 64 gig. My iPad has 128 gig. So I know it's on my iPad, but, you know, you want them to be able to, um, you know, have them on both devices. Yeah. But if you take it off your phone, you're taking you sometimes if you, if you have an iCloud backup, uh, sometimes you're taking it off your iPad too. I just hate that. They should I, I just say, wish you save a local copy. Save save a local copy, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But Dropbox, you know, you don't get a lot of space with Dropbox. Oh, I've gotten um, a lot um, uh, from people. Yes. people that I recommended uh, Dropbox to. Yes, and I wish people. I send yeah. people these recommendations, like, oh, I already have Dropbox. Well, thanks a lot. But um, I love Dropbox, and I have different folders, you know, in Dropbox, you know, for like recipes and art inspirations. Yeah, but I, yeah. I also have Google Drive, um, mm -hmm. which is okay and then i space, think is it how much space you on your google drive though um you get quite a bit let me i think it's more than i want to say i have more on google drive than i have on dropbox yeah. but i may be wrong i don't want to misspeak um the other thing is is it mega i think there's one called mega that gives you like 50 gig of, of free space and vicky there's also Flickr. so you get one terabyte for your pictures what? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. If you yeah. have Amazon Prime, you get to upload a certain amount. I want to. I can't remember now offhand how much it is. But with Flickr, you have to pay for the Pro account for that. Yeah, but you can upload up to a terabyte of photos for free. How much is it? Flick, well, Flickr is free. It's I used to pay for 50. Flickr, and then about two years ago, they made it free. Really? It's fifty. It's 15 gig of on Google Drive. Oh, that's not bad. No, if you want 100 gig of space, it's 20 bucks a year. You know, actually, I might do the 100 and, and get rid of... Oh, see, that's the hard part. But I could do that. It's just get rid of... Um, or even Dropbox, just get rid of my iCloud on um, Apple. Because I, I can always back up my phone on my computer. We have, what, I don't know, two terabyte or whatever. So... I could do that and then get the Google or Dropbox space. How much do you pay for Google? Uh, excuse me, Dropbox a year, Vicki. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, for gosh sakes. No, I, I mean, because it's one of those automatic it's gonna be, things. So I, I, I said well, it's automatically be new, so I don't well, well, maybe we should just call it three <laughs> senile ladies instead. But you know how you set up something? I don't think it's a lot. And so I I'm checking right now. Amazon, yeah, Amazon Prime is free unlimited storage. As long as you have Amazon Prime, you can upload as many photos as you'd like. Mm, but I still don't, I, I don't know. But I mean, I at least it's, it's one, I, 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 would I would not do it exclusively, but it's one more way yeah. to back up, you know, so between the iCloud and Dropbox and Amazon and Flickr and uh, a thumb drive and an, you know, time machine, that's yeah, what yeah, I do. Yeah. 
because yeah yeah but don't forget i'm just saying this as a photographer you always want to have at least oh, three absolutely. backups on yeah. your photographs yeah so Definitely. you know putting in a different um dropbox one terabyte of space is a hundred bucks a year so it's the most priciest option but not for that amount of space that's a cheap option for a terabyte i suppose yeah, Drop, for cloud, Dropbox Pro be, because, is one terabyte of space. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, but they, I don't see any other different plans. Um, I only, yeah, they I only see. They have Dropbox for business, and and that's $99 uh, a year. Yeah. For a terabyte yeah, of space, actually, that's. Yeah, that, well, see. Yeah, because I'm paying three ninety nine for two hundred gig for Apple, so that actually Dropbox is a better deal, yeah, and I love I Dropbox. Have, I, just, I think it's actually what my, my I just looked it up. Is I have the Pro, and it's one terabyte, ninety nine dollars a year. Hmm. Well, like you like you said, Suze, I have to think about that. Pictures, you know, if you, I mean, I would be devastated if I lost my music, but I can rebuy that if I had to. When a picture is gone, yeah, that's it. I mean. How many times have you gone back and you looked at pictures of your kids when they were babies and you sit there and cry because they're not babies anymore? But you say, oh, look how cute, or I remember that birthday party. I can't get that back. If I lose it, I can't get that back. So I'm not comfortable keeping my pictures just yet. Well, not just one thing, but like I have a time machine. I have an external drive. I have Flickr. I have uh, a thumb drive. I have one little drive that's just for pictures. So I figure if one, you know, even if two or three things go, I still have something else. The other thing we have to worry about eventually is the um, obsolescence of these, you mm-hmm. know, drives, you know, because if you think about it, my new Mac, I don't have a CD. It doesn't have a CD or DVD right. um, burner right. in there any longer. You know, so I used to back up my photos, you know, on a, um, you know, external hard disk. And then I always put it on a DVD and, um, I asked, always made like two copies of a DVD cause I was so paranoid. And, um, I did, sometimes I would also back it up on an SD card. I have like all these cards. I mean, I really was very, very paranoid, but now of course I back a lot of things up to the cloud and external hard drive. I don't back anything up on a DVD or CD anymore. And eventually what's going to take the place of an external hard drive or what's going to take the place of a thumb drive, you know? So those are some questions you almost have to ask yourself because you always have to, I think what people need to do instead of having a gazillion photos, they need to really look hard at their photos and say, you know what, when I pass away, what is going to happen to my photos? Most likely my kids aren't going to want all these. Sometimes it's a very hard thing to do to look at your photographs, but you have to go through and sift and purge what are keepers, what are not. And just put those maybe pictures you don't care about into a file that just, you know, says miscellaneous or not non-keepers or, you know, potential throwaways and just keep the, the pictures that are truly special and truly meaningful because otherwise you're just going to be constantly trying to back up all of these files. And these you have to think about the photos when you look at them. Are these worth printing out or not? Because most of our photos, I think I read something not so long ago where hardly anybody prints out photos anymore. Yeah. You know, they just don't. So that's the other thing is that you have to kind of look at things and maybe make digital albums or whatever. But you have to look and say, okay, 
I have, you know, uh, 100,000 photos here. I need to purge some of these because otherwise they're just going to go in the trash bin when I pass away. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't want that because the enormity of of family members going through all of those files is too much. So having maybe a file for each child, having a family file, having, you know, travel pictures or whatever, and just pick out the best of the best. I think sometimes that's a really hard thing to do, but it's a really good thing to do Mm -hmm. because then you know that... You know, people can just exchange files. You can put up, you know, your family vacation back in 1970 up in the cloud, and that will be enjoyed. But no one is going to want to go through 100,000 pictures. So just just kind of like, I'm in a purging mood. Can you see? Yeah. <laughs> you see the theme here? You know, I'm like, yeah, let's spring clean out your photos. So is it, you. is it me? Oh, they have a new... Um, uh, it's called Lightrix, I think. They came. This company, this developer, came out um, with a new app called Enlight, uh, and it's it's on sale right now. It's an, it's called a, an introductory price. It's four dollars. It's not a cheap app, and it's for the iPhone only. Unfortunately, you cannot load this app at all on your iPad. So before you spring the $4 thinking you might be able to do it on your iPad, you cannot. But what this app is, it's a very nice app. I've been using it for about a week now and I like it uh, as far as filter app goes because it takes the place of a lot of extraneous apps on your phone. And I'm always running into space issues on my phone because I like to have a lot of photos to fool with on my phone and I use it, you know, for a camera. But this particular app, you can take a photograph from, of course, the app or load one, and it allows you to change canvas. It has a ton of filters. And so you have some analog film uh, effects. You have some nice black and white photos. It also has a duotone, which I really like. There's there's some gradations that you can put uh, gradated filters onto your photograph. Then it also has tools where you can reshape So basically, say, for instance, you were in Florida, Elisa, or on a cruise, and you and your friends um, took a photograph, and they were kind of far apart from you. You can load that photo, and using uh, reshape, you can actually push them. It's like a pinch filter. You can push them closer together, but it does a nice job with it. It has a tilt shift, which, of course, miniaturizes a scene. And then it also has a painting. Um, it really has a lot. So it has this painting effect, and it gives you gives you all sorts of presets on different painting styles. It has an urban, which you can add some really cool, like, um, you know, grid effects, sketch. Uh, it has some brushes, so you can actually doodle on your photo. So, you know, Vicky, if you have a boss you don't like, you know, you can just say... You stink, or <laughs> yeah, I, you know, whatever. It has some effects, and it has like bokeh effects, which bokeh, um, you know, or uh, like when you do something like macro, it kind of blurs out the background. You have those wonderful, you know, round type of uh, light shapes, and so it has a bunch of those, and then some graffiti, and then also the text, which I was absolutely amazed. The text effects. Uh, it has a ton of fonts. So you can add text. You can make memes if you want and load those. Um, I thought it was really nice because it took a lot, and it has borders. So you have uh, you can have, make things into a collage. You have some frames. You have borders. And you also have uh, what's called an InstaFit um, 
uh, option where you can basically fit your photo into an Instagram ready square and upload it to Instagram. I really think it's a nice app. I mean, it ta- for $4, it takes the place. I can, I ended up deleting a lot of apps that did the same thing. And I just love the fact that, you know, it's, it's very, uh, it's a very comprehensive app and it's really beautiful. I think it's very intuitive. And, uh, if you're going to spend four bucks, I think it's, I would, I would recommend it. I really like it. And supposedly I did write to the developer and ask them if they were coming out with an iPad app. And they said that, you know, they really want to make solid apps and really good apps. And they said, we didn't feel comfortable, uh, you know, uh, launching this app as making it a universal or iPad version when it's not quite ready for that part of it, but the iPhone, we were comfortable because it's pretty solid. And I agree with that. So they are in the works to either make it a universal or an, an iPad app. So it's called InLight, and I have the, uh, the link in the show notes, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really nice app to use. Well, these two I'm going to talk about together because they're so similar. I listen and watch a lot of podcasts. And I used to use Downcast exclusively. And now what I do is I use Downcast for my video and Overcast for my video. I'm sorry for my... Let's let's try that one again. I use Downcast for my video Hmm. and Overcast for my audio. Like you said, Tizay, three C now, ladies. (laughs) Yes. I think that's really good. I think we're changing our name. So... Most people, I'm sure, have heard of both of these, so really don't have a a lot to really say about it. I know um, a lot of people don't use the feature in Overcast that I like the best, which is the smart speed, which is being able to listen at a higher speed. Some people feel like our good friend Scott Wilsey believes that we should listen and watch podcasts at the speed they were recorded. And I totally get that, and I respect his decision. But I feel like there are certain people that I listen to who talk so slowly that even at two times speed, it's still slow. That's how slowly they speak. So I listen at a speed where I can hear what they're saying and I don't have to go back and say, what did they say? I I didn't understand because they spoke so quickly. Mm -hmm. So plus I have 30 plus podcasts that I watch or listen to. So, and there's not a lot of time and you want to watch Netflix or you want to watch something that's on TV or you want to listen to some music or an audio book. There's just too much to consume and not enough time to do it. So this helps me consume this a little bit quicker. Overcast is free. The in-app purchase I think is $4.99 and that gives you the smart speed it gives you the boost, uh, a, a volume boost. So it just makes it that much, a little bit louder. The thing I don't like about Overcast is it doesn't have a scrubber bar where you can, it has a scrubber bar, but you can't, uh, it doesn't have like a forward or a backward button where you could like put your finger on it and make it go a little bit quicker like Downcast does. Now with Downcast, if I swipe, it will go ahead, it will jump 30 seconds ahead. But maybe I only want to go ahead 10 seconds. So I just hold my finger on the fast forward button and it will go ahead until I'm ready to take my finger off and listen again. Overcast doesn't have that and I wish it did. Overcast also does not stream where Downcast will stream. 
Overcast does have a feature though that you can list you can get a list of what your friends are listening to. So, Suze, if I was into photography and I wanted to listen to some of the podcasts that you listen to for photography, if you mark it as one that you uh, as a favorite of yours, it will show up in a list, and I can say, "Oh, well, Suze recommends this podcast," and I can give it a listen. And it also lets you listen to a podcast episode without having to commit to subscribing to the entire podcast. So there might be a podcast out there that you don't, you aren't interested in as a regular subscription, but you want to hear that one particular episode because they're talking about a topic that's of interest to you. Listen to that one, and that's it. You know, which is kind of hmm. cool because I've done that with I've you know I've heard people say you really should listen to this episode because they're talking about you know genealogy. So I can listen to that one, and then if I want to go, this is kind of an interesting show, I can subscribe or I can say, okay, that was good, and move on. So Downcast is $2.99, Overcast is free, or $4.99 with the in-app purchase. Um, I, I think they're both, they're both great. You can, listen to, you can use Downcast for both audio and video. You can't listen to video, uh, watch video on Overcast, and I don't think he's planning on adding a video component to it. I wish he would because I would like to give that a try. But some people also don't like having two different places to watch or listen. It doesn't bother me. When I want to watch, I open Downcast. When I want to listen, I open up Overcast. And they sync. So when you're watching on one device, it will sync so that you can pick up on the other device. Overcast was having a problem with that lately, where if I was, say, 30 minutes into a into a podcast and then I picked up on my phone because I was heading out to the gym, it would show it as unplayed. Or it would re-download mm. one that I already deleted. But he fixed that and now it is right on the money. So that's what I that's what I like to use for my podcast. I don't I'm sort of ashamed. I mean I do a podcast but I just don't listen to them anymore. I don't have time. Uh and I got a lot of them that I downloaded and I said, oh I'm not gonna delete them because I'm Gonna to listen to them eventually. I, I just need to set, set some time so that I can catch up with some of the ones, and because I really enjoy listening. Well, to you know them. what I, I do, Vicky, to, to help with some of the time. I have a small Bluetooth speaker, and what I oh. and what I do is when I take a shower in the morning, I okay. I just uh, you know hook up the speaker to the phone, put on a podcast, mm-hmm. and I put the speaker on you know the window shelf, mm-hmm. and while I'm taking a shower, I'm listening to a podcast. You know, brushing my teeth, putting on makeup when I'm, you know, cleaning a bathroom or, you know, maybe if I'm making dinner, I put the podcast on. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Because I normally, normally I listen to it when I'm in my car going to work. I don't have the patience to listen to them going home. I don't know why it is because I guess I just want to, I'm in a hurry to get home and I'm not paying attention to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, um, I I stopped listening to them because I was doing that, trying to learn Spanish. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was doing that in the car. Mm -hmm. But I sort of backed off on the Spanish team because I've forgotten more than I was supposed to know. So I get to start all over again. <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoy it. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to, because they're, they're, when I'm cooking, I, I'm not doing anything. I generally have the TV in the background and that would be even more interesting to, to uh, for me. And you don't really have to attend to it, you know. Um, right. Yeah. Good idea. Um, well, I, I'm hooked on Star Talk. Because I am, I have a massive crush on Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I love that man. I truly do. 
And yeah, so I've been binge listening on my walks. I tend to listen to podcasts instead of music. Mm-hmm. I just listen to podcasts now on my walks, and I really enjoy it. Well, what 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 app do you use? I just use the podcast app. Oh, okay. Oh, you're one of the few people that use that. I don't think I've ever used. It. I know. I, it. I know. I know. I haven't even tried it. I don't know why. I, um, it's not that bad. Um, it really isn't. I haven't used Downcast, and I probably should. I, I'll, maybe I'll try that out it's on Lisa's recommendation. Is, but yeah, I, I mean, at least. Yeah. Is it free? Is that? Oh, yeah. Overcast. Well, Overcast is free. It's free. Uh, yeah, I meant Overcast. You won't get like the smart speed or the voice boost or anything like that. So mm-hmm. for me, it was worth yeah. the $5 to just pay, to pay it. Yeah, but it might not be for you. It might you might be totally fine with the way with the app the way the app works as it is. That's fine. You know, there's a lot of podcast uh, app catchers out there, and everybody has their favorites. So yeah, you just have to you know a lot of them are free to start, and then they just have the in-app purchase if you want the extra benefits. So download them and give them a try. See which one works best for you. Yeah, yeah because I'm not uh, you know I. The podcast app works good enough for me for the amount of podcasts mm-hmm. that I listen to. So good. All right, Vicky, I think it's your turn again. Okay, uh, I'm going to go to Oldie but Goodie. It's the Kindle app. I use it all the time. It's my absolute favorite app ever. Uh, it gets the most used out of any of the apps that I have. And I just recently turned my niece on to it because she's a big reader, and she has the a Android kind of tablet. And I was just, I forgot that the iPhone app, you have to ask, for, for Apple, there's no in-app purchases. You know, you try to buy a book, it pops up this stupid browser and you have to order it like that. Um, and that I just found that to be so seamless and just so much better. Apple needs to stop this. Let them order the doggone books through the Kindle they, uh, app. And it was simpler too for her too, because she's, she I doesn't know. have to worry about, okay, I got to go to this browser. It's going to do this. And then I have to get back to the app. Uh, and uh, it was just perfect for her. And it, it, she was so excited because I was able to just in seconds give her this book that she wanted to read. And I'm saving money instead of going to Barnes & Noble every weekend. It's been spending twice as much on the hardcover. She has it right there. She can read it on her little, just a little mini. I um, looks like a Blackberry, a little, little bitty phone. She's just 13, so, you know. Nobody's going to spend a lot of money on the phone for her. Uh, but it's because she's only supposed to be texting and talking and other than that. But she can't, she can't download the, uh, the Kindle app on that little phone and, and read it. And um, I just recently gave them my old um, iPhone 5, and they're using it too for playing games and Kindle uh, books and stuff like that. But I, I truly, truly think that Amazon is like, they're like my favorite company now. I, I'm just really into their products. Um, uh, as well as the um, their um, Amazon Prime uh, services and the perks that you get uh, for just being a member with the videos and stuff. But Kindle app is it for me um, for all reading. Um, the only issue I have with it is that sometimes you're reading a book and it just doesn't... Some of the stuff... This is mainly when I had textbooks... They just it just didn't display well. You miss stuff. There'll be some off things about uh, diagrams and stuff like that. So uh, I had some issues with some of the textbooks. Uh, but what I love is that when you read, depending on, it doesn't matter which device that you use. 
you pick up the app on a, your iPhone or your uh, your computer or whatever, and it knows where you left off in the book and it'll sync to it. Um, or if you decide you want to, you want to start at that point again, you can just say no, don't sync to the latest place. I want to read from this spot here. Uh, that's pretty smart. And now they, they in most of the newer books, the page they have page numbers now, so you can know how far you're going along uh, in terms of pages instead of just locations in the book. Um, so that's that's my my favorite go to app. It's a Kindle. I love my Kindle. I, I love Kindle. I love the Kindle app. Oh my God, I loved it. I, I used the Kindle. Second gen. Oh yeah, I used to. I used second to gen. Too. <laughs> it's going to be. Uh, let's see, two thousand. It's going to be six. My second gen Kindle is going to be six years old in June, and wow, it still mine, works. I, and I love it. Just, I have the Kindle uh, Paperwhite, um, and uh, I love that thing. Um, I, I I've given away all my other Kindles, so just about every family member has one now. <laughs> yeah, when this Kindle, and they're still working. The yeah. first gen still works. That's that's the name. Mine's gonna be six years old, and when it finally dies, I will have no hesitation whatsoever buying a new one. Buying another one, it's worth the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of when I first bought my first one, I saved in terms of the books because I read like huge book series of books, and they were costing me like thirty bucks sometimes for just one book. And nine ninety nine is the most I've ever seen for most bestsellers. And for sometimes it's a little higher. Sometimes it's a little higher, but the average is nine ninety nine. And for traveling too. I mean, I remember having to travel and 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 thinking, okay, I'm going on a cruise, so I'm going to be reading a lot, and going to the library and getting three heavy books, and then mm-hmm. thinking, now what do I do? I've read all the books, so I have nothing, and they're heavy, so it's killing your back. Now you just yep. load it right up on that Kindle. You have too much. Not, on, so not only that. Not only that, I got you guys hooked me up to Overdrive. I kept saying, "Oh, my library doesn't do this." Yeah, well, that's because I never carried my butt over there to find out. They do. <laughs> you can get ebooks. Oh, Overdrive's yeah, you can great. Get ebooks from there. Yeah, you get it in Kindle format or whatever or format. Audio. You need. They have audio books too. I've read every one of my uh, book clubs' books. I, I just we had like not ten a year. I've already read them all. I had them downloaded and and done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm saving money because some of those books I would never buy, you know, because there were somebody else's suggestion. Um, and so I don't want to spend money on a book I'm just going to read and just talk about for like, you know, one hour at a book club meeting. Right. So, <clears throat> yeah, I've saved a lot of money using that too. I wish you could share Kindle books. I wish they allowed you they to. They do you have can. an audio thing. You, if you have to hook with their, because Amazon now owns the Audible books. So you can buy both that because I was doing that with my uh, with the Game of Thrones books and it'll sink. I know where you left rep, read I left off reading and they say you're getting. Your yeah, car. but I'm saying with my husband, like if I get a book and I want to share it with my husband, you can't really. He has to log into my. No, Amazon there are certain books you can do that. Yeah, really. Unless I they got rid that. of that. I know that was a feature that they had. There were certain books. And I don't, I never did it, so I don't know if you have to do it through the Kindle or if you can do it on the website. But there are certain books that have like some sort of notation that say it's shareable. And what happens is, let's say, Suzanne, it's Game of Thrones. And you say to me, Alisa, you've really got to read this book. You share it to me. And what happens is it deletes off of your Kindle. So you can't read it at the same time I can. It gets basically sent to me for two or three weeks. And at the end of that time period, it deletes off of my Kindle and goes back onto yours. 
Hmm. And it's not all books. It's only certain Yeah, it's books. like you loan in the book to somebody. Right. Yeah, you, it's, it's like you loan it to somebody. And if you're an Amazon Prime member, yeah, you, you can't. Right, it's an Amazon certain, Prime. Certain books, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it is limited. Because, hmm. you know, iBooks, you, it, what, what's nice is you can now do that on iBooks. You know, you can share your books and stuff, which I really appreciate. I have not used iBooks in so long that, you know, I need to check that out. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, generally Amazon is cheaper. I do compare them. Um, um, and, and if, you know, one is cheaper than the other, I go e- either way, but 90% of the time is Amazon is cheaper. Yeah. yeah uh, well, see, I find that they're almost competitive now. Yeah, Some are. of the books, like the last one I bought, uh, girl on the train for my book club, that was competitive with iBooks, you know, Amazon and, um, iBooks were the same price on it. Mm. So, well, I am going to talk about I'm going to skip um, I have a couple more uh, photo apps but the one I wanted to talk about was Lumi this is a great project I mean if you're an educator or uh, you know you like to you know to translate your photographs into something rather than just a printout of a picture this girl um, Inca Dai has been around for quite a long time and you know what Inca dye is, is basically it's a process where you can put a dye. We used to use it with quilting years and years ago. They had Inca dyes. And you could basically take your fabric, you could paint it with this Inca dye, which is a light sensitive um, dye for your fabric, a paint. And then you would put a transparency or negative um, or, you know, objects like a sienna type. You could put like plants or whatever, and you put it in the sun, you put a piece of glass over it, you put it in the sun. And it, it exposes it. So basically you have this process where, you know, afterwards you just, you know, wash it out and you have, uh, this, you know, this beautiful color, whether you used blue or red or, you know, but then I don't know what happened to it. It went, you couldn't find it in the stores for a while. Well, this girl, I don't know. I think she bought the rights to the formula for it. And she started this company called Lumi, L-U-M-I. And you can find them in the stores. I bought mine online from the Lumi website. It was Inkadai website. Now they've changed it to Lumi. But you can find it at uh, Joann's or Michael's. I think Hobby Lobby has them. And she has all different colors. So you can basically buy sepia and black and blue. They originally came out with three colors, which was, or four, I think it was the orange, blue and red, and then you could buy the black, but now they have a lot more. So how you make your transparency is that you can, yeah, you can buy her transparency film, but you don't need to, you can go to Staples or Office Depot or whatever, and just buy some inkjet transparency film, open up the image that you would like to print out on fabric or whatever you want. Um, I find that you can use it more than on just fabric. You can use it on paper. <clears throat> and you pro- you basically buy the dye. You take your uh, your image from your iPhone. You buy, the app is free. So you download the Lumi app. You can. She has some sample images. But basically you... Uh, I can't stop going to stop saying the word basically. Uh, <laughs> you upload your image you can make it darker. The darker the image, you want to make sure there's enough contrast in there so the dye will, you'll have a good image when you um, put it in the sun. But what I think she did a great job with this app, she has all the colors that are offered by Lumi. 
So, and they, when you put it, hit the preview, you can also swipe through and she has different shirts, like what it would look like on a t-shirt and the colors of different t-shirts. So that's really interesting. And then after you adjust that, you basically save it and then you can print it out on your transparency. Once you have it on your transparency, the image, then you will, you know, you have pre-prepared your t-shirt or whatever it is, and then you lay that onto your t-shirt, the transparency on top of your painted t-shirt where you put the square on, put a piece of glass over it, put it in the sun, and then in, I don't know, 15 minutes, you have a really cool effect. I think you can go to their website and look at some things, uh, see what the shirt looks like. Just download the app if you want to take a look at it and you can see what you can do. I really think it's, you know, fun to be able to, to do stuff like that. Personally, I like using the blue dye. I put a little black into it so it makes it a little more indigo because I really love a sienna type and I've used it on paper with really good effect. So just make sure you rinse it out afterwards. Um, but yeah, I re I like it. I think it's I think it's really interesting. I'm always trying to look for something you know to do different with with photographs. Well, traveling, especially German, when I went to Germany, I do not speak uh, German very well, unfortunately. But there is an app called iTranslate Voice. I hate Google Translate. I don't think they do a very good job. So this app, iTranslate Voice, is $4.99. It's not pricey. I think they have a light version, so you can try it out a little bit. But you can take your, you can, you have to allow the app to access your microphone. And then you select your language. So I have, of course, you know, uh, either French or German. So if you're going to another country and, you know, they have a ton of different languages that you can switch to. They have Polish and you know, Spanish and Mexican Spanish and Catalan and Arabic. I mean, I, I don't know how well it does with, with those particular languages. I'm just judging from when I used it in Germany and when I read it in French or when, how it translates French and it does fairly well. I think it's a great app to have. So if you are having a, a difficult time trying to make yourself um, known in a different language, you say what you need to say in English, and then it translates it in the language that you need it to translate. It also has a air translate. So if you have another device uh, near you, you can share that translation. I think it does really well. Um, it also... I find that you can also, you know, write too. So if you, I, I think it translates better than the other translators. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll write it and it will translate and then it will, you know, it will read it in French. So you get the right pronunciation, either in German or French or whatever language you want. I think it's fabulous to use in another country. Just be aware if you're going to use this in a country, you have to have your data plan on. And that just makes it, a little, you have to have your data roaming, excuse me, on. So it does eat up data. So you just want to, you know, use it when you really need to translate something. Other, th other than that, or have a, when you have an international calling plan, make sure you have enough data if you're going to be using this a lot for a translator. It doesn't really do offline translation like that. So, but I translate, I, I really like that very much. Highly recommend it. It saved my life in Germany. Vicki? My next one, I'm, I have this theme. I like the free apps. Uh, 
is Netflix. <laughs> Yay, Netflix. I, yeah, I use it quite a lot. I've been visiting my sister in Arizona, um, hanging out at my sister's house, and she doesn't have very good cable. <laughs> I just use it on every device. There was a time I told, no, I told you guys I don't watch movies on the um, computer. I don't watch movies on my phone, but that has changed because of the necessity to see what I want to see. Then plus my, my sister in Arizona doesn't have a nice flat screen TV. She doesn't really care about that kind of stuff. Um, she has this old rear uh, uh, picture tube TV uh, that's maybe 21 inches. <laughs> so I might, I might as well watch it on my computer or on my phone. And there's something else about it, you know, that I never noticed. Uh, you put your earplugs in and it creates this sort of stereo effect. And it's almost, if you, if you just concentrate on the screen, it's almost like you're at the movie theater slightly, you know. Um, and um, I've actually been able to binge watch a number of shows uh, on my little MacBook uh, Air, which is surprising to me. I never thought I could do that. And I also am using it on my Blu-ray player, using it on my um, Slingbox. Their app is, is pretty decent uh, for on Slingbox. And um, I'm using it on my um, Apple, my Apple TVs that I got throughout the house. Uh, so I can binge watch different programs. Um, and uh, just at, at not only Netflix, but the Amazon um, Instant Videos and Hulu. Um, or two other things that I'm watching on my, but mainly it's Netflix, um, so that I can just binge watch all the shows that I haven't seen before, and it's pretty cool, uh, and it's free. And uh, I don't know what I would do so without worth, Netflix. Yeah, a, so worth the eight dollars yeah. a month. Yeah, seven ninety. Oh God, yeah. So that's worth. All I have is a streaming. Mm-hmm. That's all I have too. So worth it. I I will say though, I mean, it is good, but I think there's a caveat here too. They really need to catch up with Amazon Prime because I'm right now binge watching The Wire because my husband is in India and they don't have The Wire. Thank God we have Prime because they have it on Prime, but they don't have it on Netflix. And I'm finding that even with Broadchurch, which I want to have a shout out to uh, Dorothy Yamamoto who recommended that. Thank you because I binge watched that this week too (laughs) and I really enjoyed it. Um, But again, uh, Netflix didn't have it. So I'm I'm getting a little disappointed with Netflix as far as the offerings. I think they're a little getting a little paltry here. They need to I think they need to do a better job with the T V well, shows. You know, I don't watch T V, I stream it on Netflix. Because well, I've been watched. America is very picky about you know, they don't it's sort of weird. I rarely am able to find anything um uh Sometimes they don't even show up on Hulu or Amazon Prime for a very long time. So I don't know what's going on. They they, they do need to get a better relationship with them, I guess. I don't know. Well, Vicki, I do have yeah, a question for that. I think we had said, or I'm not sure if it was Dorothy or one of us, said that Broadchurch was from BBC. Michael Cassell in the Three Geeky Ladies Google Plus community uh, corrected us to let us know that it was created by ITV, not BBC. So thank you, Michael, for that correction. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, I mean, no, I, I really see, did enjoy uh, I don't know if it's called Broadchurch. Maybe it was a different name for it. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it is called Broadchurch. You see it on BBC America. Yeah, it's called Broadchurch. I think the actor, there's another uh, version where that yeah, same actor versions, plays. Yeah. In, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but I really like the I like the original versions of things. Same with Wallander and everything. I just I don't know. I just like native versions. Um, but you know, I I will say that you can get a PBS app. You can download the free PBS app, and you can also you can watch the PBS shows like Masterpiece Theater and all of those. Uh, on your iPad, which is really great. So it's like Sherlock and something like that, where it's not going to come out for a while, you can grab the PBS app and watch it through that. Oh, you mean it, before, like when Downton Abbey comes out in, sept yeah. in September? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or when? Yeah. Yeah, no, when I was watching um, Called the Midwife, I watched a lot of, I watched it through the PBS app. It was great. So, I mean, I, I look on, I am always checking the PBS app, especially like when they had, um, oh, for goodness sakes, uh, the spinoff from Morse. Oh gosh, it is well, three you don't, you don't ladies. Bef anyway. Bef before it's and, on, oh, and Endeavor. on TV though. You're just saying rather than watch it on TV, watch it on PBS. No, 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 no. It, it's on TV, but if you don't watch it on TV, you can watch it on right, the PBS right, right, right. app. Yes, because I have that downloaded too. Yeah. I thought what you meant was if Downton Abbey starts but what, no, in, what I mean in is, England, but not here till January, we can watch it. And, no, okay. no, no. I don't think that. No, but what's nice is that is that they have it for quite a while. They'll they'll have mm -hmm. it up for like three weeks, so it gives you ample time. Because then, when you miss it, there's no other place to watch it until it right. comes out on Netflix or, um, you right. know, Amazon Prime. Yes, I downloaded it too. Because Mr. Selfridge starts tomorrow night on PBS. So the next app is Pixelmator, which I have a love-hate relationship with. It's a $10 app. It's not cheap. It's only for the iPad. They have a Mac version, which is a, a better app than the iPad. The iPad has a glitch I found that when you load a portrait orientation photo, it makes it landscape. And that's very irritating. There's no way I can get around that. Um, so I have to send an email to the developer, which is Autodesk. But as far as everything else, it need, it's, it's a good app. It says in a higher resolution than Adobe Photoshop Touch. I do think, though, for $10, it needs to be more robust. It's expensive as far as app goes, and it needs to have a lot more effects or at least to have more um, offerings than what it does right now to make it equivalent equivalent to um Adobe Photoshop Touch. It, it doesn't. I think it's okay for what it does. I do the graphics for three geeky ladies in Pixelmator. And so, you know, you can load a photograph, you have levels that you can work with, you have different presets that you can work with, you can add text or shapes, uh, you can also, um, uh, what's the word? You can add layers, you know, so you can layer different effects. I just don't think it's very intuitive though. I wish it was the iPad version was a little more intuitive. I have no problem with the iMac version, but I just don't think it offers a lot for $10. You know, I think Adobe Photoshop touch was $5 at the time. And if Adobe, uh, I just find that when I do the 500 by 500 graphics is that when I save it, I always have to bring it when I'm working with Adobe Photoshop Touch to sharpen it where I don't with Pixelmator. So it's, it does, you know, it's fairly high res. Um, you can add effects, you can crop it, you can, do, you know, add shadows, you can do all that stuff. And it does have blending options uh, for your, you know, work. But I don't know. I just think that, you know, when you, 
move like the front layer to the back or vice versa, the opacity controls, it just doesn't, it just doesn't do a great job. So I'm hoping they work on this. I hope it's not going to be one of those things where they offer it for the iPad and then take forever to upgrade it or, you know, it, you know, to offer some, uh, repairs for bug glitches. Cause I really think that that is a major glitch when you're trying to upload a portrait orientation photo and you're having a heck of a time, you know, it, it just uploads it in landscape mode. That's really irritating to me and that they should fix that. But yeah, I do use it a lot. And the last app that I have is Stackables. I absolutely adore this app. If you, what Stackables allows you to do is take a photograph from your camera roll or take a photo and then you can just add layer after layer after layer of all these different effects. So if you want emulsion effects, light leaks, uh, you want vintage effects, it really, what I like about stackables, and I also like mixtures because that does the same thing, is that it allows you to really make a unique piece of work. You know, so you're not just putting a canned preset on a photograph and have it look like everyone else's. So those are the ones that I use pretty much all the time. Vicki? Okay. Okay. I have two apps that I'm going to end up with uh, in my... Uh, uh, review with uh, and they're the Swift Key keyboard and emoji and the Apple iOS 8 messages and SMS relay, relay uh, capabilities <clears throat> and as you know with iOS 8 you're able to change the keyboards so I started playing around with Swift Key and I've been playing around with it for so long that I completely forgot that I have replaced the Apple keyboard in most situations it's only when I go to apps where it doesn't really work but if you have to only use the Apple uh, um keyboard that I realized how much easier this thing. It's much better predictor of what you're going to type. I type my dog's name into Facebook a million times. Okay. And so I'm on my, my iPhone and I'm trying to put this picture on there. And it, as soon as I type C, you know, it's Carrie. As soon as I type G, they know it's Grant. So it pops up and I'm just typing along. I can respond to people so much faster. Uh, I was, uh, I had someone, I messaged me from Facebook and into the messenger uh, part of Facebook. And I was typing and responding to them so quickly. They were like, are you on your computer? They said, it's just you on your iPhone. Why are you typing so fast? I said, it's just keyboard. It is really, really good. The more you use it, the better it gets. Um, which reminds me of, uh, which uh, uh, segues into the iOS messages and SMS relays uh, capability. That's a, that's allows you to use uh, messages on your um, computer. And I will come home and I'm, somebody's text me and I go, okay, am I going to use my computer? I'm going to use my phone. I prefer to send messages on my computer because I can look back further into what they were talking about. I can do all kinds of things. Um, and um, it's just much easier to see on your computer. But I was having some issues with it. Um, not really... I wasn't able to send messages to people for a while. And I realized that I had to turn it back on on my iPhone so that it, will, it could relay over and I could continue those conversations on my, on my uh, computer. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I use these things all the time. And when it didn't work, it was just so frustrating. <laughs> um, and it, it's funny because I did not realize how much I used it and how much I enjoyed using it. And that's just something that's part of Apple 
trying to integrate all their products together, including their computers, that once you're in that ecosystem and things work, it's just it's just perfect. I, 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 ho- I was hoping that they would continue in that vein, but when they threw out the Apple Watch, yes, I'm going back to that. <laughs> it just really <laughs> tripped me up. I was like, everything else seems to work very well together, or they're trying to get it to, to integrate why do we need the stupid watch? I just don't get it. And I, I hope that's not going to be a long series of, of areas that they're going to go into that really makes no sense. Um, it's sort of like that, their, that smart home thing that they're trying to put their toes into. Mm-hmm. And um, it yeah. just I, I hope it's just a hobby like the Apple TV was. <laughs> For the longest, you know, it's not something that's going to interfere with the other products that are really working well together and, and where they shine. Um, um, but I'm happy that they integrated all these features into the um, the Mac itself, the, their computers, because um, the integration is just seamless. Um, the, the watch, it should just be left alone. Yeah. What did you think of the new uh, MacBook Air? Oh, the that's color. Just, I'm, just a MacBook. I don't. Yeah. Oh, a MacBook. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Did I say Air? I'm thinking iPad Air. Sorry. No, I, just, I meant. Um, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to get a MacBook. I, I, I. This MacBook Air is just underpowered for me, and I sort of regret buying it. But it does its job. Um, I, I probably will go with MacBook Pro, but yeah, it's some great features that they're added to it, you know. Um, I don't know. You want you going to get one? Mm-mm, I will never get an, another laptop. No, 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 no. I absolutely love my what? iPad. I, 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 love, I love my iPad. Hey, you use your iPad a lot, so that, that explains why you really going to need a, a portable computer. I did. I thought the gold was actually. I thought it was actually pretty though. And you know, I will never. I. I, I would. If I was going to get a laptop, I, I mean a lap. Yeah, a laptop. I'd get the gold rather than silver because I don't like silver. I like the gold. But I don't like the gold and white. The white just uh, for a phone or an iPad that just irritates me. I don't know. So right before we wrap up, I just want to mention that. Um, my app of choice for the next six months is going to be MLB at bat. I, I, as I said earlier, baseball starts next week on April 6th. And I just Go bought, exactly, and I just bought uh, my renewal, just renewed my subscription so I can listen to the games on my iPad. In fact, uh, according to Sports Illustrated and ESPN, the Red Sox are going to be in first place in the American League East. As far as they're going to go, but hey, that's better than being, you know, dead last like they were last year. And as long as there are one game, go Giants, and, go Giants. Yeah, the, the, the defending, the defending World Series champs. Hey, the Red, the Red Sox can't get any worse than they did last year. That was just, ugh, that was horrible. No. As long as they're one game ahead of the Yankees, it's all good. Yeah, but the Patriots, my Patriots did mm-hmm. great. So that's. Cool. And I'm I'm behind. I was doing the the brackets. Um, the the basketball practice with my husband and son, and I have Duke going all Kentucky. the way. But I, I have Kentucky. You do have Kentucky. I have Duke. I have Actually, Duke I have, taking it all. See. But we'll I see. Have, they're playing Zaga, I think. Yes, Duke. they're playing. Gonz- or, no, yep, yeah, they're playing I think Gonzaga. they're playing Zaga. I have the East and South. I did great. 
on my brackets. On the Midwest and the West, yeah, not so much. I had uh, Kentucky against Kansas, and I'm not even – I had UNC against Baylor, so that's, that's totally gone. But I have the final game being Kentucky over Duke. Yeah, none of the Texas teams went very after, far. The, after the first day of the of the uh, the sixty four games, I was in first place in the in the bracket for two whole hours. I was very excited, and then going into last night's, I was down to like thirty thirty five out of thirty nine, and now I'm up to about twenty four. So I have no hmm. no way of getting in the money. But you know, for for someone who just has no idea about any of these teams, just going. You, 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 you. And that was it. My husband looked and he goes, those well, are see, pretty good picks. Yeah, because you can't go by who – you really can't because it's – I love the fact there's so many upsets. It is very exciting. You know, it really is March Madness. And I love that because even though, you know, you you could pick a winning team, you know, who knows? The number one team, you know, can just, just lose. So, yeah, but I for some reason I have a feeling Duke's going to go all the way this year. We'll see. Oh, we'll see the That'll next podcast. Happy. He's always been but, a Duke fan all his life. Yeah. You, you two ladies, I mean, you two ladies may as well have been talking about knitting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into baseball. It's basketball. It's basketball. Uh, it's basketball. <laughs> I don't watch the games. I just can't. I mean, well, well, I'm not into basketball either. I don't watch sports anymore. I don't watch it either. I just said, you know, for $5, I'm like, eh, hey, what the heck? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what yeah. we did. We all. I definitely didn't watch college yeah. ball. I never watched college. I watched the pros, but I don't anymore. Yeah. So okay. I'm going to wrap all this up now. All right. And ask uh, ask the listeners, um, what do you think of our picks? Do you like them? Do you not like them? Do you have other suggestions, apps that you like to use on a daily basis? Let us know. How do you let us know, you ask? You can find all our contact information at 3geekyladies.com with the number three spelled out. You'll find links there to our Google Plus community our Twitter, our Facebook page. Uh, Send us a note. Let us know what you think. We'd also appreciate it if you would leave us a review or a star rating in iTunes so that other people can find the podcast. We would very much appreciate it. So on that note, I want to say thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I guess so. What do you mean you guess so? Prove your geek cred. I don't need to prove myself to you. I'm the new host of the geekiest show ever. We will see about that. Don't you just hate it when droids think they have all the control and don't know their role? You know, they forget that we can turn the power off. Oh no, you can't. Oh yes, I can. Don't, please. I'll be good. That's better. Nothing worse than artificial intelligence being, well, unintelligent. Head across to iTunes and subscribe to the Geekiest Show Ever podcast, the only show truly dedicated to geekery.